Hi, welcome to another CSRM podcast. Today I'm joined with some very unique ministry people and in a very unique ministry. And on this segment of the next few segments are going to all be part of a series that is helping you in a local church figure out if the martial arts, and I may not even have these words right, but the martial arts can be used by you in your church to go and reach those people who are far from Jesus in your church. And we're going to help you understand some of the roots and some of the backgrounds of that and then actually show you how it's done. No, I am not competing with these guys, (laughs) but we are going to show some things here today. So let us welcome our panel today, Manny, Heath, and Vicki. And this one and that one actually go together, husband and wife. And she is quick to say, I don't do this. (laughs) But she understands it, and she can help those of you that say, I don't do this, and she'll be able to help us with that. But Manny, let's start with you. Am I using the right term, martial arts? Help help us understand martial arts. It is the right term. Martial art encompasses uh, more than just Taekwondo. Taekwondo is a particular style that I practice. Taekwondo? Yeah, Taekwondo. Okay. (laughs) And that might even come up on your screen if you're watching it, so you you can spell it and all that. But go ahead. So uh, martial arts also, uh, there's a karate, which is a martial arts. There's kung fu, which is a martial arts. Those are uh, jujitsu, it's a martial arts. So they're all martial arts. They were originally intended for self-defense. Okay. Now, we all have these things around our neck because we are all at the REACH gathering here in 2019. And you all have been featured as part of a track that you've been helping some folks understand it. You had an assistant, all right? You want to introduce your assistant to us? My assistant is Heath, a woman, and he is a senior master in Taekwondo. I have known him since uh, 2001. We actually traveled to Korea together. And uh, he was 15, 14, I believe, at that time, 15. And so I have seen him for a long, long time, grow up to be just a wonderful, a wonderful man. Young and, man. and introduce your lovely wife. Vicky, I met in college where uh, we both were there on uh, scholarships. And uh, I was there in a, a soccer scholarship. Uh, we won the state championship, my high school. And so I was very fortunate to attend uh, Western Illinois University on a soccer scholarship. And Vicki was there in a gymnastics scholarship. Uh, yeah, her scholarship was much better than mine. <laughs> she received spending money oh, on top my. of room and board. Well, there you go. <laughs> Back to martial arts. Why is it called martial arts? What's the What's the uh, etymological root of that word or phrase? Arts. I think of paintbrushes, but yeah, I'll let you touch on that. Sure. So, so, talking specifically from a from a Taekwondo perspective, because we can speak to a lot of different martial arts, but what we do specifically Taekwondo historically is a Korean form of martial arts. Okay. And so we'll, we'll see various styles of martial arts coming from various geographical areas. And actually it's, 
it holds a sense of kind of national pride for some of these countries that, you know, in Korea, Taekwondo is actually the national sport. Uh, viewed the way that we Americans view baseball sometimes, that, that's how it's viewed in Korea. And so historically though, Taekwondo, the martial art was developed as a form of military self-defense. So this, this martial idea, this combative idea of being able to defend ourselves for the purposes of self-preservation. Korea specifically, small peninsula sticking out in the middle of Japan and China, and ancient countries were acquiring other countries quite regularly at that time. And so they had to develop a form of uh, self-defense or an art of self-defense that was able to, to meet their needs in protecting their country. Ultimately, it was an agricultural community. And so they, there wasn't a lot of places for them to look at except for the fighting styles of animals and those kind of things. And so we start to see this, this art form um, develop into this really, this militaristic form of self-defense. And so it was used by the military, it was used by emperor guards, and, and it has just developed into to art forms now that are widely practiced across the, the world. So it started in Korea? Taekwondo did. Taekwondo. Okay. Now, I, I gotta stop for just a moment because what you just talked about is what we've often talked about on these podcasts, that in order for any methodology to really be effective, it has to be what we call strategically relevant. And so what I hear you saying is, particularly if you're working with a Korean population, this might be strategic and relevant to that culture. Absolutely. Am I right about that? Is that Absolutely. all right? Is there, are there other cultures that that this particular martial art is? You, if you're going to be relevant with them, this is the one you want to go to. I would say Taekwondo has kind of a widespread influence. In 1988, it was introduced into the Olympic Games as an exhibition sport. And so in year 2000 in Athens, it was debuted as an official sport of the Olympics. And so almost all of the cooperating countries in the Olympics are now developing Taekwondo teams. And so it is a, it is a sport in addition to a self-defense art. And so there are countries from Pakistan to England to the United States to Mexico, all across South America into Russia, even China, Japan, and other Asian countries are developing taekwondo programs for the purposes of olympic competition and so um, it, it has it has developed into something far more than just self-defense with the the sports realm and so it really has the ability to touch pretty pretty much any any culture 188 countries 188 countries practice taekwondo right now now Heath, you are located in the central florida area yes and are you central Illinois? Yes. Okay. You guys obviously don't get together that often, right? Right. But now tell us a little bit about, you said you are a grand master. What does that mean? A grand master, first of all, it's a title that has to be given to you by your teacher. And so actually Heath was there when it was presented to me by my teacher. And so it's not something that you should acquire yourself, even though a lot of people do it. Legitimately, it has to be given to you. Uh, but uh, Heath is a senior master, so it will be up to me 
uh, when he would be called a grandmaster, but he also has to have one more uh, advance in promotion, another rank. When, where, where do you start and where do you end? Well, uh, you start as a white belt. Okay. And sometimes you even have to earn your white belt. You have to do the first class with no belt. And then after that, at the end, it's presented to you. Uh, black belt, as far as color, that's the highest. But then after that, when you're a black belt, uh, you're a first degree black belt. Show, show your black belts. Just sure. <laughs> so uh, when you're a black belt, you start out with one first degree. Okay. In Korean, it's called Dan. All right. So first Dan. Two more years, you get another, you qualify. At minimum of two years, you qualify for the second Dan. Another three years after that, third. Another four years, fourth. Another five years, fifth. I have eight. So I have one more to go, and that's the You, you left me, I think, at 25 years. <laughs> right, yeah. because I didn't want to continue on. <laughs> so to be a grandmaster takes decades. Uh, it takes uh, decades. Absolutely. Basically your whole life. Your whole life. Uh, and is grandmaster the top? Now, Grand, Grandmaster, as far as title, it is. Uh, there are uh, individuals. My, I, I refer to my instructor as a senior Grandmaster, just out of respect. But as far as title, Grandmaster is the highest. Uh, but uh, again, there are titles that really, to make it clear within uh, the circles, uh, that uh, what how much experience somebody has. Okay. So clearly by rank and title, somebody knows the, the knowledge, the experience of that individual. So explain to us a little bit more, is it proper to call it a uniform? What, what is it that you wear? It is a uniform, that's the most common thing. In Korean, it would be a dobak. Okay. Explain the symbolism. Why does he have Taekwondo on, and I'm not saying, saying it right, and you do not on your, he has a, he has a Korean flag, right? Mm -hmm. And a, an American flag. You have only the American flag. Any, any, anything on you. I mean, we have an audience who wants to know this stuff. They, they're always scared that you might come after them if, if you didn't, if they ask you these questions. So. Sure, no, no. Well, regarding our uniform, uh, and traditionally, it's it's an all white uniform okay. per Korea, you know, a standard. So if we were attending a Korean activity, sponsor, a conference, seminar, we would be all in white, actually. Even the, the trouser pants, exactly. Yeah. Yes, belt would still be black. Right. Yeah. Uh, this patch is our national patch for Victory Taekwondo Chandukwan, which started in 2007. This is your ministry or right. your. Okay, right. and so this patch represents that the two, uh, the 1944 is where uh, when modern taekwondo started. Uh, that was a particular style of taekwondo, which is chandukwan, and that was in 1944. So I have that there. In 2007 is when I started the ministry, and so I have there that uh, that represents a little tree here for the Trinity, and that we are rooted mm -hmm. in the Trinity. And so obviously to us, that's the most critical. The aspect here of water is from Chandukwan, means great blue wave. And so we have that there. Uh, 
great power, but I also like it that uh, that uh, the Bible refers, you know, to, uh, that things spring up, flow up from our heart. And so I really like that, you know, that aspect of it. Uh, the sun here, uh, just over everything, meaning, you know, God, uh, you know, the, uh, being part of our lives and us obviously worshiping God of, of all things. Yeah. That's what it represents. Uh, so that's a little bit. Actually, there's some other things there, but I'll stop there. <laughs> well, I think it's very intriguing to people. And you have the flags because... Yeah, this... Uh, the flag, of course, because, you know, uh, we want to, it's a way to say we practice Taekwondo, which is a Korean uh, martial arts system, but we practice in the United States. So uh, in, in Ghana, for example, where we have member uh, schools, they would have the, yeah, their, flag. their flag because that's their home. And so, uh, you know, that's the beauty. The beauty of what we do is that uh, it always goes back to their own culture. Uh, so we do Taekwondo, but it's according to their culture. Uh, this other patch over here represents basically our title. So I wear obviously the Grandmaster title. This being from America again. Uh, the, the, the stars, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, is when I, the rank that I was when I started the association. And this is what I tell our students, which I love to tell our, our members when I go to a seminar that I'm a grandmaster, and that's uh, you know pretty high uh, title in the martial arts, but the most incredible thing is that I have a master mm -hmm. that is over my life. And so really it provides an opportunity to tell people, really in the scope of who we are, this is not much. Because to some youngster, they're like, I wanna be like Grandmaster Sosa. And then Grandmaster Sosa says, guess what? I want to be like my master. And I think that's what you should aspire for. And so really, those are type of opportunities that we can have through the martial arts. Right. And if I, if I may, on, on the instructor patch, even above our title, on uh, yeah. every one of ours, it has the phrase servant leader. And so, yes, we, we, want, we want to use our titles to reflect our master. We want, we want kids to not necessarily want to emulate us, but as Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. We want, we want kids to be able to look just past us and see Jesus. Yeah, Timothy 2.2 comes to mind. Exactly. And so we, we, want, we want to pass on um, anything that could be about us and let it all be about him. But this idea of being a servant leader is this idea that even, even if we're accrediting somebody to be a teacher, they're still there to serve. And so we, we want all of our leaders to know if they have an instructor's title from the association, the thing above their title always says servant leader, from an instructor to a grandmaster, because it's, it's not about us. It's about serving. Thank you. You are married to one of these guys. That one. <laughs> and, and, and yet you have the similar thing on, on your top as well. What, what's your perspective of being the wife and seeing this ministry? And For me, um, one of the really neat things, my sport is gymnastics. Okay. Um, but as far as the, um, the relationships that I developed, it's not in the gymnastics world as much as it has been in the, mm -hmm. the world of Taekwondo. So the really close um, contacts and relationships for me, have been 
in that now, and I'm not sure why, I just, um, my circle of influence in gymnastics is small, but the world that Manny has opened up to me, as far as the context and the relationships, is a lot bigger. And, and so, for me, my, my role, as I see in this, is the relationships, the opportunities they have to develop close relationships has opened up because of Taekwondo. And, and my, it's, it's been more very personal and very close love for these individuals that I meet. And it is because of the doors that have been opened to me through Taekwondo. But it's for me, it's all about very close one-on-one personal relationships. To be honest with you, uh, if I can add to that, a lot of times I'll go to a place <laughs> and the first thing they say is, where's Vicky? <laughs> the second thing they say, I was gonna say that. the second thing they say is don't come back without her. <laughs> but really this is, you know, God, uh, you know, at work. And God uh, placing me in a position in ministry and then bringing Vicky along. Because there's people that are not going to approach me, you know, and, but they're going to approach Vicky. And that's exactly, you know, what is happening. Vicky has become very important to a lot of people, regardless of whether she wears a uniform or not. Because ultimately, as we know, it's who we are. That's right. It's who we are. As we wind this segment down of this series, I would invite you to make sure you don't miss the next part of this series. We're gonna hear a little bit more from our panel here, and we're gonna address some of those theological issues. Martial arts, Christianity, how does, where, where does it say Taekwondo in the Bible? <laughs> and we're gonna address some of those issues, and we're gonna further beyond that start to move you to how you might engage in this type of outreach for your congregation. So be sure to join us, not only for that, but we'd invite you to join us next year at REACH because this is the kind of thing, this is the kind of input, this is the kind of people, the relationships that you're gonna get every year at REACH. So thanks to each of you, and we'll see all of you on the next segment.